Hello, club members. I hope everyone had a very spoopy Halloween. Spoopy Halloween. Em and I uh, handed out candy to trick-or-treaters and watched horror movies, of course. We did indeed. I, I gave Kate the um, the reins and I said, we can actually watch something scary this time. I won't try to censor it. And I chose His House, which is on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, it was recommended by club member and club officer Ariana. And it was really, really good. I would, I'm would i going to throw that in the ring for us to cover at some point in the future. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, agreed. And I also want to give a shout out to um, my medical student or whenever I have been on service who actually also recommended His House um, to me just a couple of days ago. Um, Amani, this was... Uh, I appreciate this contribution, and I really want to cover it at some point soon. So stay tuned. So I've been watching, like, Emma, I got one good horror movie for Halloween. I was able to pick one, and that's what I picked. I've obviously been watching horror movies um, all week. Ever since I literally got back in this country, we've just been watching horror movies. And um, I went and I saw Antlers in theaters. And I'd been wanting to see I don't know. Yeah, I've been wanting to see it for a while because I really like the trailer, but um, I don't. I have mixed. I have mixed review for it. I don't know how. I, hmm. I I think that I'm gonna just. I don't know. We're gonna have to take this to Facebook or something because I kind of want to hear what everybody else thought of it because I'm not so sure if I loved it. Yes. Tell us if it was scary so I can decide whether I'm gonna watch it. Tell us if it was good. Yeah, I'd I'd love some um, more opinions on that. It's a lot less scary than his house. Ooh. That's, That's for, in my opinion. His house was, I'll just spoil it and say it was scary. <laughs> it was scary. <laughs> it was scary. But we're not here to talk about those movies. I'm sorry. I drove the bus down a different lane. Emma, Emma's in charge this mini app. I am in charge this mini app. And I'm, I'm about to tell y'all something that I thought was really interesting in the realm of spoopy, um, as we do with all of our mini episodes. But first, I do just want to give a shout out to um, JR True Lives, who gave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, awesome. A good one? A good review? A good review. A five-star review. Okay, awesome. The kind we like. And (laughs) so he or she said, I love these ladies. I ran across this podcast when listening to another horror movie podcast when doing some cross-promotion. These two are hilarious and adorable sisters who are reviewing horror movies. One loves horror movies and the other does not. So there's a little bit of one sister torturing the other, but it's all in good fun. (laughs) Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's. That's the vibe. Cozy tea party of bullying vibe. Yeah, a tea party with some bullying. The reviews are entertaining and light, and many have helped me to get some courage to watch a movie I may have previously been too afraid to watch. That's right. Let's unite. Um, that was me, not them. Um, Emma, that's that's perfect. You're helping others. <laughs> You're sacrificing your sleep for others. Yeah, it's fear immersion. <laughs> These ladies put a ton of effort into the podcast, and you can tell. I quickly became a patron to help support hit subscribe and sit back and have fun it's a club officer that's so sweet oh that's extremely sweet yeah thank you so much jr true lives you really made our day Uh, we love hearing from y'all and especially when it's positive that's the way we what we like to hear (laughs) yeah thanks for being a patreon it really it makes a huge difference for us because we got to get some um some working equipment because it takes two hours to set up yeah every time it really is a process um but anyway so I just wanted to share that and now I'd like to tell you about uh, my topic of the week so this time I'm going to be covering Harry Houdini the ghost hunter (gasps) yay 
Hey, oh, you've been talking about Houdini for like a couple of weeks now. Yeah, so I um I listened to a podcast, a criminal episode, because I, as I have talked about before, I like all things crime junkie-esque. And they did a special episode where they talked about Harry Houdini, and it just really got me down this rabbit hole of spiritualism and Harry Houdini and um, the age of spiritualism. And I just found a lot of interesting stuff that I want to share with y'all. I know very little about Harry Houdini. Um, I know that he got punched in the gut. Isn't that how he died? Yeah. And um, we're right right around his death day. He actually died in Halloween of 1926. <gasps> Halloween. I know. Oh. He died um, for the, our medical listeners. He died of parit- peritonitis from a ruptured appendix after he got punched. Oh. Yeah. They ruptured his appendix? Yeah. Apparently it was a really, a really intense punch. That's awful. I know. It's really sad. Um, and I'll, oh. I'll address that in a little bit. But first, I want to talk a little bit about spiritualism. So, Oh, yes, please. We've talked, Kate's talked about this in, in some iterations in previous mini episodes. So, but I just wanted to address like the context um, in which it really exploded. So after World War II ended, or excuse me, World War I ended in 1918, it was a lot of people were kind of like, what's next? A lot of people were um, wondering about, kind of what their future looked like. And a lot of people were mourning the loss of a a lot of loved ones and a lot, there had been a lot of destruction that people were trying to process. Uh So spiritualism was a a religious movement that was based on the belief that spirits of the dead do exist and have the ability and the will to communicate with the living. So mediums kind of took a role in this as people who could, who acted as the intermediary, intermediary between the spirit world and real life. A lot of people really got into this and even scientists got very into this so people like edison and alexander graham bell who y'all probably know from history class invented the telephone i know him from the uh schoolhouse rock song (laughs) exactly they experimented with uh tools for spirit trans spirit transmissions and um there was a, a scientist who famously said the idea was that you could connect with people across the ocean so why couldn't you connect across the etheric field uh You know that's quite a leap <laughs> well they're like i've made this i can call people on the telephone i mean think about it why not call grandma you created, <laughs> some, great. You created something magical uh, kind of you know you're like look i made this magical instrument where i can talk to you even though you're not near me why can't i make an even more magical instrument where i can talk to people even farther away in the underworld if i can facetime why can't i see the devil <laughs> Why can't I FaceTime with the devil is the question. Why not? I don't understand. (laughs) Magic is magic. So when things started out for Houdini, um, he early on in his career actually did some some work with acting as a medium and and trying to do tricks to uh, connect people to family in the afterlife. But it actually... Do you mean like... like like he like he meant it genuinely or he was doing parlor tricks he was kind of doing parlor tricks but it was under initially under the um the uh it was he was pretending it was real right but was his intent it doesn't sound like his intent is to like heal people it just his intent like he, wasn't pure he he knew he was doing tricks he was a, a magician and it was in his early years where he was just trying to make money um where he okay no no disrespect i think that that's like a career in of itself. I just wasn't sure what, like, what his intent was. So the thing that I find really interesting is all kind of about the the no disrespect versus disrespect of it. So he did that in his earlier years, and then he felt kind of icky about it. Uh, he oh he started he, he was really close to his 
mom and then his mom passed away. She had a stroke and he began to attend seances to contact his mother. And that kind of started to lead him to discover the deceptions of mediums and uh, to kind of become very opinionated and very against it. Oh, that's kind of dark. Yeah. So he, I think... That's so real. Yeah. It became very real to him. And that's when he started to develop a very strong opinion about it. He was actually... He was good friends with um, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who wrote the Sherlock Holmes uh, famous books. And he was would go with to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's wife's um, seances. And she did one of those tricks where she did the automatic writing, which we've talked about in the context of movies. Do you know what I'm talking about, Kate? Yeah, like where, where they just keep putting sheets of paper in front of them. They're scribbling and scribbling. Like the changeling mm-hmm. or insidious so he went to a seance with sir arthur conan doyle's wife who was doing that and and supposedly talking to uh houdini's mother and <gasps> uh-uh yes and so apparently at, at the top of all these pages were these big crosses and he and his mo- mother were jewish and she was married to a rabbi and he was like that doesn't fly that's not right Oh my God. But he was trying to be a good friend. So initially he was, he played along with it. He, um, you know, was like, oh, good job. This is great. But Sir Arthur Conan Doyle started, who really, really believed in spiritualism, started going more and more public with Houdini saying that he, um, you know, believed in it too. And that sort of forced Houdini to start pushing the other way and saying, actually, I don't believe in it. Okay, yeah. So we talked about Sir Arthur Conan Doyle when we did the ectoplasm episode because mm-hmm. he was one of the main people that was like, there is science in this spiritualism. Like, this is real. These aren't parlor tricks. It's real, and this is how I can prove it. And he was really adamant about it, and he had he really didn't like people. He fought really hard against people. Shitting who, on it? Yeah, who, or who were just being realistic about it or who appreciated it for something different and not for being true science. And so yeah. people who wanted to expose the secrets behind it and expose it as a hoax he would get really upset about it from my readings when I was reading about his involvement in spiritualism yeah and so he was a a very um, ardent advocate for spiritualism and in trying to get Houdini um, to get Houdini as further you know evidence of further support for spiritualism Houdini started pushing back and they they started developing this great rivalry with this one person going around speaking for it and this and him being very against it it's interesting they actually and I believe in the um, the Library of Congress they have a, a transcript of Houdini saying that Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was quote one of the greatest dupes <gasps> yeah so it got heated Okay, so they started out as friends, mm-hmm. and then they became frenemies, and then they became enemies. Exactly. I would watch this as a as a movie. This I know that's why this was so fun to read about because I just wanted to know more and more. There's so many. There's so much going on with this. Got some prestige drama to it. I like it. <laughs> it does, and there's even more prestige drama as you as it unfolds. So. Houdini start kind of started this campaign. He started becoming in the latter part of his year, rather than just doing tricks and being this very famous magician, he started really going after spiritualists and after mediums. And it said that he investigated over a hundred spiritualists over the 35 years of his career. He in 1924 he 
joined a panel of judges in the scientific for the Scientific American. So this panel of judges included like physicians, it included scientists, and the idea was that they would offer this large amount of prize money to any medium who could produce manifestations of spiritual communications under these very rigid testing conditions. Ooh, what a time to be alive. (laughs) I know. And the interesting thing is like Scientific American at the time was sort of the six, 60 minutes of our time. So they were like very involved in like exposés and like getting to the truth and the, the scientific fact underneath a lot of like common beliefs. So this was very exciting and very um, intense. I bet people were all crouched around their radios <laughs> listening to it. <laughs> Pretty much waiting for the paper, next paper to come out. And you can, That's you can imagine cool. the papers had a field day with us. Um, they actually, one of the people that they famously investigated was a woman named Marjorie Crandon. So she supposedly would channel a spirit that reportedly whispered in the ears of seance setters, pinched them, poked them, pulled their hair, floated roses under their nose, (laughs) and moved objects and furniture. Um, She did this one trick that I I still don't fully understand where like ectoplasm was produced onto the table. And supposedly she was like actually like removing it from her vagina and like... (gasps) oozing it onto the table like pulling it out okay. and it had like a hand attached to it so oh my god she was committed this woman yeah prison parlor tricks it really is <laughs> jesus i mean yeah that's from what from what we talked about on ectoplasm makes total total sense they stuffed it anywhere they could hide it exactly any crevice um and a lot of people really believe this woman in part because of the quality of her tricks but in part because apparently she was really hot and so she was just distracting <laughs> And everyone wanted to believe this pretty woman who was, like, doing cool tricks. Oh, my God. So you could get away with more back then, too. Houdini was like, keep it together, men. This this is not fact. Like, no, it's spooky. (laughs) We Um, trust her. One of my favorite things about reading all of this was that Houdini had a gang of people involved in helping him to debunk a lot of this stuff. Mystery Incorporated, right? Kind of, yeah. So one member of Mystery Inc. was this woman named Rose Mackenberg. <laughs> so she was um, born in Brooklyn, New York. She started out as actually a stenographer. And initially, the way she came uh, to know Houdini, she was working on a case that was involving investment losses that had been advised by a psychic medium. So she sought out Houdini's. Oh. Yeah. So she sought out Houdini's help in the case because he was so public in his uh, his campaign against fake mediums, and so she ended she up. She sounds awesome. I know she was dope, and he really liked her, and so she joined him uh, in his investigations. And basically, so Mackenberg and some of these other people that he had enlisted, he did a tour in America in 1925 and 26. And so 10 days before he would go to each city, he would send these people ahead of him and they would do undercover investigations of local spiritualists and psychic mediums. And they would use like false names and uh, go to these spiritualists and the false names would be like puns. So one was Francis Rod for fraud. Oh my God, cute. I know. One was Alicia Bunk for all is a bunk. Um, that's so funny and so they would go and they would wear these like crazy disguises and learn their um try to learn a bit about what they did and then houdini in his act would go on stage and act out some of these um seances and then show where all of the tricks were oh my god i would okay make this a mini series today 
I know, right? How fun. This would be so good. And you could focus, you could do it from the, like the, the protagonist would be Rose Mackenberg and I would yes, love it. Yes, 100%. There, I think someone even wrote an entire book about her that I'm going to track down and I'm going to read. Oh, so I'm going tuned. to read it too. We need to read it for our screenplay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is um, excellent. Keep going. Oh, yeah. I'm just imagining them like all dressed up in costumes, going to these seances and then acting them out for a crowd. That's I know. so fascinating. So all of this kind of culminated when Houdini tried to pass a law in America banning uh, false mediums. He wanted to ban them? Yes. That's a little bit aggressive, isn't it? (laughs) So that's to be determined. So in the first session of the 69th Congress, there was an they presented an anti-fortune telling law in DC. Um, it was put Wait, forward when? by in 1926. Okay, anti-fortune telling. Don't you all have bigger problems? <laughs> um, so that's kind of like what they're some not people hurting said. anyone. Well, apparently, uh, he Houdini would have argued that they were hurting people and that they like were emotionally emotionally hurting people, bamboozling them out of money, things like that. Okay, that that's a really good point because I guess back then. People were a lot more gullible because Mm -hmm. they didn't have access to like the resources that we have today to like fact check stuff. And they didn't have the education to understand basic physics and science and things like that. So I guess it makes sense that these people are using the gullible nature of well-meaning people to their advantage, which is I don't really care about. You know what I mean? But if they're I guess it's just how how much they, they were probably affecting people back then a lot more than people today are affected by. Yeah. Mediums. They're well, and people, desperate. some people were kind of like, oh, he's taking it too seriously. Somebody famously said, quoted this phrase that I've not heard, but apparently it's a phrase of a fool and his money will soon part as just evidence. So, like, yeah. this is just how it goes. Like, this it shouldn't be illegal. It's just the nature of hu- humanity and the nature of people. Yeah. Like, someone's gonna, someone's gonna do it. Swindlers be swindling. Yeah. And he, so he put on basically a show at the um, House Caucus Room, and he showed them all these different tricks. He uh, fascinating. He, he famously said to the Los Angeles Times, "It takes a flim flammer to catch a flim flammer." Oh my God! Put that on my gravestone. <laughs> put that on a shirt, people. Um, <laughs> it, it takes a flim flammer to catch a flim flammer. I love I know. that. So, we gotta make some shirts. <laughs> I we need to start writing this some pins. we need to start writing this down. I some there are some this of these good stuff. these quotes from people that we read about are amazing. So Oh I love he that. would do things like he put like the flared end of this long quote spirit trumpet um up to like the congressman and whispered into some tube and connected it basically to just illustrate how mediums would convince seances that spirits were descending in the dark by sort of um showing that the voice would could be projected farther away than it actually was that's cool Mm -hmm. oh what a lost art like there's kind of like it's impressive the things that they would do like we talked about in the ectoplasm episode i'd love to talk about other parlor tricks honestly because they're so cool but it took a like you said shoving a a, like ectoplasm with a with a full hand on it up your hoo-ha for the parlor trick like there's commitment Mm -hmm. there's practice it's a skill some part of me is like it would be a shame to not have uh not have mediums and think you know opportunities to at least play with this idea of talking to someone in the afterlife you mean like today yeah like would you would you outlaw oh ouija gosh. boards like you know it's it's immoral to sell ouija boards well i live right next to a a, a palm reader a fortune yeah, teller exactly and people make their livelihood i'd be on so that. sad but is it just wrong? not see that little light on yeah 
outside their house. He even like one time he took a an envelope and held it up and said because there were so many um, wives and and husbands and spirit of spiritualists as well as spiritualists themselves and um, all these people who were coming to protest this this bill. There are people hanging out of windows. This place was packed, and he held Whoa. he held up like an envelope and said. Whoever can tell me what's inside this envelope, I will you stop right now and I will believe you and I will never doubt um, y- your powers again. And no one could do it. And he said, well, y'all are all frauds and you should be ashamed. <gasps> yeah. So he, he was not playing. a bit aggressive. He was not playing around. But some say that that this um, act or this the law he was trying to pass was doomed from the start because so many people in Congress were secretly like secretly visited mediums and it was a very big part of their life um yeah because they have money yeah exactly <laughs> that's so true it's a bunch of fools with money <laughs> we've, we've covered that so at actually at a may 1926 hearing uh, our our bay rose um she detailed an un- undercover visit that she uh took to a spiritual Wait, leader a uh, rose mackenberg Oh, oh, oh. So she detailed an undercover visit that she took to a spiritual leader, Jane B. Coates, um, like medium practice, and testified that the medium told her during a consultation that Houdini's campaign was pointless. Uh, She said, why try to fight spiritualism when most of the senators are interested in the subject? I know for a fact that there have been spiritual seances held at the White House with President Coolidge and his family. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) People got real Damn. people got real pissed at this at this uh, event, and um, one man was like, "Are you threatening my Christianity by telling me because there's not proof it's not real?" This was actually a representative Ralph Gilbert of Kentucky. This is deep. To which Houdini retorted, "Jesus was a Jew, and he did not charge two dollars a visit." <gasps> oh goddamn, Houdini! I know <laughs> you savage. I know. I disagree with you, but you're crazy and I love you. Can't we all just get along, Houdini? Yeah. Jesus was a Jew. That's right. Drawing crosses on your thing for my dead mom. Well, because people would get really... People also that were very anti-Semitic towards Houdini because he was Jewish. And so people took a lot of issues with with that, with him especially, you know, going against some of the spiritualism as a man who was was religious and... They don't care about that. No, back then, whenever if you were anti-Semitic, J- Jewish, you could you might as well say devil worshiper for some of these mm-hmm. people. But I, I, I mean, I get it to some extent. Like it is a personal belief, you know what yeah. I mean. So I kind of, I, I, I can understand being uh, defensive, being super defensive while you were actively being attacked by Houdini. <laughs> yes, while he's being so savage. Ultimately. It did not, the uh, bill did not pass. Um, there was a judge who at one point said, I believe in Santa Claus and I believe in fairies in a way. And Houdini is taking the matter entirely too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like yeah. you're going to outlaw the Easter Bunny? Cool it. We don't need to uh, make laws against all of these things. Like let's, let's reel it back a little bit, Houdini. That sounds like me when I was in third grade and someone told me that Santa wasn't real. And so I made a petition and I made everyone sign it saying that Santa was real. It's proof. I actually it's the same that. energy Houdini <laughs> <laughs> misplaced. So like you talked about, his life kind of came to an end um, after pretty, pretty shortly after this, wherein he got um, punched in the gut by um, a skeptic who he, to be fair, he did ask permission to punch him. He was backstage of a show and 
Houdini famously could take really uh, t- could take blows, but he would like um, he would prep himself for it, and he would you know like tense up his yeah. muscles and things like that. So he didn't have a chance to do that, and this college student just really whammed him, and he ended up getting um, becoming very sick from that and passing. But prior to his death, he actually because he was in a way, through, despite all of this, still very curious about the afterlife. He wasn't saying that there was no afterlife. He was just saying that these people who are saying, oh, I have proof or who were benefiting from um, benefiting from people's beliefs in the afterlife. Um, he didn't agree with that. Well, yeah, it's like what you said about the $2 a ticket. Yeah. It's, yeah, that's exactly right. So before his death, he actually set up codes, like secret codes with more than 20 of his friends in an attempt Aww. to communicate with them beyond the grave. Oh, that's so sweet. I know. And sad. Mac, I know. Mackenberg was among the chosen. Oh, um, yes, she was. I know. The pals. perfect ending to our screenplay. I know. And in 1945, she famously reported, the message has not come through. Oh, stop it. I know. And Bess, Bess, who was Houdini's, uh, Houdini's wife, she actually hosted <gasps> annual seances to see if um, he had he would come through to her, um, but in Halloween of 1936, she gave up and declared to the world, "Houdini did not come through. I do not believe that Houdini can come back to me or to anyone." Stop! My heart is breaking. I know. That's so sad. And that is the story of Houdini, the ghost hunter. Sad. What a sad ending. I mean, it's sad, but it, I think it's like really. I don't know. It just I I liked learning about this so much because it showed such depth to Houdini and such inner like interpersonal turmoil over wanting to believe in something beyond this and wanting to be like he feel that he could connect to his loved ones, but also feeling so betrayed by people promising that to him and not being able to give it. Should we set up a um a code for each other? Oh my God, Kate, that's gonna haunt me for the rest of my life if we do okay. that. But yes, maybe. But yes. <laughs> okay something very silly we'll set up yeah we'll set up a code um it'll be like growling noises or something while you're sleeping oh my gosh (laughs) if you hear growling noises it means i'm there if a murderer breaks into the house and the the door starts to rattle don't be frightened it's kate (laughs) it's just me (laughs) saying hi i just unlock the door i'm like kate that's the end for me that's the end to a different screenplay Yes, I think we we have a lot of content here, so I have to go now to go work on this. We got to go work on that. We got to get our whiteboard out. But Emma, that was such an interesting episode. I am so glad that we got to talk about that. Such a vibe. Um, Me too. Love it. And I excited about it. I did want to just put one quick um, thing out there for a future mini episode. I would love. I've been hearing a couple of ghost stories from a couple of club members who have reached out after we did that our ghost real episode that we did with our mom. And I've been getting some pretty spooky stories and I, I I got permission to share those and I would like to get some more. So club members, if you guys have ghost stories that have happened to you, um, have happened to a close friend or family member, please send them to us. Our email address is nightlighthorrormovieclub at gmail.com. I would love, with your permission, to hear your stories and share them back with the rest of the club. I would absolutely love that. I would love that. So yes, please, please send us all of your stories. We want to hear them. And remember that Halloween is a state of mind. (laughs) So it's not over. We went on a walk and took Kate Stoggins on a walk yesterday or on Halloween. So two days ago. And 
while we were there, we were already sort of becoming anxious that Halloween was ending. So we're like, don't worry, don't worry. It's a state of mind. (laughs) Well, the leaves were blowing. We were playing like Casper's lullaby in our pocket. And it was just Mm -hmm. so spoopy. And I was like, okay, this doesn't go away tomorrow. Like, it'll still be here. Like, the vibe persists. So, yep, Halloween's a state of mind. And it's over when I say it's over. And I have a whole (laughs) bowl of candy that I have to eat because I did not get as many trick-or-treaters as I was hoping I would. Hmm. But, you know, more for me. So I'm going to go eat (laughs) eat that and read your ghost stories. So please send them our way. Ooh, I cannot wait. All right, guys, that's all we got. Uh, Until next time, stay spoopy. Stay spoopy.